Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. You're ready for a comeback. And with Purdue Global, you can do more than take classes. You can take charge of your story, of your career, of your life. Earn a degree you can be proud of and get an education employers respect. It's time, your time, not just to go back to school, but to come back and move forward with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Chasing Life. Three out of four U.S. adults are considered overweight or have obesity. 75% of Americans. Dr. Fatima Cody-Stanford. Our weight is one factor that plays a role in our health. But by itself, it doesn't give us the full story of who we are. We have to look at our full person. Listen to Chasing Life, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. This is Our American Stories, and up next, well, it's a story about our history. Today, Robbie brings us the story about a piece of history you've probably never heard before, and it comes from one of our favorite contributors, Clay Jenkinson. While a wise ruler, a priest, a four-foot block of cheese and a giant loaf of bread baked by the Navy may sound like the makings of a fairy tale, it's actually a true story about our third president, Thomas Jefferson. Here's Clay Jenkinson to tell us more about it. Really, he regarded his election as the second American Revolution. That, and he meant it, that we'd had a revolution in 1776 and then we'd created and installed a government 
but that government moved in the wrong direction towards monarchy and aristocracy and a strong central government. And we needed to restore the principles of 1776. So he reluctantly stood for the presidency in 1800 and won. There was such uh, anger against Jefferson in Federalist circles. People thought that he was a dangerous man. He spent too much time in France. He'd been infected by the the radical principles of the French Revolution, that he was unreliable and, and that he might destroy the country. The great majority of the American people wanted a restoration of the more democratic principles of 1776. One of the places where Jefferson was weak was in Massachusetts and Connecticut and New England, basically. And so in 1801, after his installation as president, a minister uh, up in the Cheshire Hills uh, decided that he would do a, a, make a great tribute to Thomas Jefferson uh, by way of creating the world's largest cheese. And so the Reverend Leland uh, decided that he would uh, pay tribute to Jefferson by getting the people of his district to milk their cows and, and present all of that milk to create this cheese, and they did it. They claimed that they only milked Republican cows, never Federalist cows, um, and most of this was collected in a single day. But the resulting cheese was four feet in diameter, 15 inches thick, and it weighed over 1,200 pounds. It weighed 1,235 pounds. And so the Reverend Leland um, had two interests in, in supporting Jefferson. One was to show the country and Jefferson that New England was not 100% Federalist. And the second was in praise of Jefferson's um, principles of separation of church and state. So Jefferson wrote the Virginia Statute for Religious Liberty. It was passed into law in 1786. At that time, it was, the, it was the boldest statement in human history of the need to separate church and state and to protect uh, religious sensibilities from any coercion uh, by the larger public and certainly by the state or national government. And Leland was a Baptist uh, in a state that was largely Presbyterian, and he would have been, he and his sect would have been seen as upstarts non-standard, possibly heretical, and deserving of state persecution, certainly of social shunning uh, in this era. And so these Baptists really counted on Jefferson as their champion because they would not have had a chance to establish their own market share in the world of Christianity had it not been for the tolerance that was being shown and the protection they were getting from uh, people like Jefferson and also James Madison. So now they've built the world's largest cheese, or what they think is the world's largest cheese, but they have to get it to President Jefferson. And there was no FedEx or UPS or adequate postal system at the time to send the cheese. So uh, John Leland decided to deliver it himself. This was actually something of a logistical nightmare. Uh, first he had to take it on a sleigh, um, to get it to the Hudson River. Once he got it to the Hudson, they went down in a sloop to New York City and on to Baltimore. And there they transferred this 1,235 pound cheese to a wagon and they hauled it 
into Washington, D.C., into the new District of Columbia, to the White House, in time for one of Jefferson's two annual White House receptions. Jefferson only opened the White House to the public twice per year, once on the 1st of January and once on the 4th of July. Jefferson uh, didn't quite know what to make of all of this. And while thankful for their gift, Jefferson wanted to make sure that everyone knew this was not a bribe. But what a bribe that would have been. So he actually gave a check of $200 to uh, the congregation that Leland represented so that he would have paid for this cheese uh, and not simply accepted it uh, as a gift from friendly constituents. And then he served some of that cheese at his New Year's reception in 1801. It'd be hard to eat uh, that much cheese. And so we don't know exactly how long this cheese survived. Accounts vary, but certainly he served it again at the next year's uh, reception on New Year's Day, 1803. So it lasted for more than a year. And there are accounts from contemporary letters and diaries of guests coming to the White House uh, to eat at Jefferson's famous White House dinner parties. And when Jefferson wasn't in the room, asking one of the serving staff, you know, could I see the could I see the cheese? Would you would you show me the cheese? And some people were allowed then to go and, and look at this this monster. Uh, it wasn't refrigerated. Washington is a very hot place, especially in the summer months, and the cheese therefore deteriorated. And, and we have accounts of, of their having to carve out chunks of it from the middle that had molded or gotten runny. But the sense we get from such historical records as still exist is that the cheese lasted a couple of years and was served on at least two New Year's receptions and maybe on other occasions, and that it was sort of wheeled out on a lazy Susan and made available on those occasions because lifting a 1,000-pound or 1,300-pound cheese would be almost impossible, so they had to find a way to, to move it, and they didn't want to leave it simply in one place. The term mammoth cheese came from a Federalist newspaper, referencing one of Jefferson's strange fascinations. Everyone knew that Jefferson had a special interest in the woolly mammoth and the mastodon, and that his friend Charles Wilson Peale was digging up mastodon bones up in New England and displaying them at his museum in Philadelphia. So it soon became known that this was the mammoth cheese, uh, which was a sort of playful, somewhat ironic, slightly irreverent tribute to Jefferson's scientific interests. And Leland became known as the mammoth priest uh, for this stunt. And, and he took a lot of ribbing uh, all along the route from uh, Massachusetts to Washington, D.C. and back, but it made him sort of famous. If giant cheese weren't enough, Jefferson would then receive a similarly odd gift from the Navy. Well, then the, the U.S. Navy decided to create the world's largest loaf of bread and, and they used a whole barrel of flour um, to make um, a prodigy of, of a loaf of bread. The thing about bread, uh, as opposed to cheese, is that bread doesn't stand up very well over time. You, you can't preserve bread for a couple of receptions. You have to serve it. Jefferson was not famous for his interest in the Navy. He actually created the Navy, but Jefferson starved the Navy of funds and not only made the War of 1812 inevitable, but made us nearly lose it once it came. The Navy 
in producing the world's largest loaf of bread or this mammoth loaf of bread uh, may have had more strategic interests in mind. During a Senate-sponsored party to rally support for a naval war in the Mediterranean, a Navy baker just around noon wheeled in the mammoth loaf, said to be 12 feet in length, 2 feet in breadth, and of suitable height. Along with the loaf, they brought out the remnants of the mammoth cheese, an enormous side of roast beef, and quite a bit of alcohol. President Jefferson stepped up, pulled out his pocket knife, and cut the first slice of bread. From there, all we really know is that the party quickly devolved into a noisy, drunken affair. Probably, if you'd said to Thomas Jefferson at home, if he and Madison were, were sitting in, in Jefferson's library and having a glass of Bordeaux, and Madison had said, what about the cheese? Jefferson probably would have rolled his eyes and said, this is the sort of thing that happens in a democratic culture. You know, P.T. Barnum was right. You know, the American people love stuff like this. They love carnival. They love freaks. They love prodigies. They love fairs. And to this day, you know, you go to the State Fair in Iowa and you'll see a giant butter sculpture of Elvis Presley. We have the world's largest Holstein cow in North Dakota and Minnesota has the world's largest prairie chicken and the world's largest pelican and the world's largest walleye and so on. This is just some zany part of the American spirit. Indeed, and you've been listening to Clay Jenkinson tell the story of the mammoth cheese and the mammoth loaf. And great job as always to Robbie. Clay Jenkinson is the director of the Dakota Institute and co-host of Public Radio's Thomas Jefferson Hour. So he knows a little bit about the subject The story of the mammoth cheese and the mammoth loaf, here on Our American Story. Infinity Presents, a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. 
This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast.